today on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, Creature Comfort. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, and today we're talking about Gonna make a record in the month of May, in the month of May, in the month of May. Gonna make a podcast in the month of May, when the violent winds blew the wires away. And that'll be all the singing for today's episode. (laughs) Expect this joke, maybe not on every episode this month, but I'm gonna make the same joke next year, first episode, month of May. I mean, what am I gonna not make the joke? It's just the month of May, it's a song. Anyway, today on the podcast, not the month of May, but Creature Comfort. And uh, before we get into it, you know what we haven't done in a while, Owen? What? Plug our social media. Ah. So if you don't know, we are on, you can find us at arcadefirealphabet.com. You can email us at arcadefire.alpha at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at at AJPayende. My last name is spelled P-A-Y-A-N-D-E-H. And recently, Owen also got Twitter. And you can follow him at... Owen Heaney, I think? I don't even know. Owen Owen underscore Heaney. Thank you. Uh, Owen's last name is spelled H-E-A-N-E-Y. And last but not least, you can find us on Facebook at Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We love all the thoughts we've heard so far from everyone. Uh, I mean, thanks so much. And if you use iTunes or whatever, whatever podcast app you use, give us a rating and review. Um, thanks so much to friend of the podcast, Sawyer. Uh who left a review saying in Spanish there is no parking at the entrance, uh, as a close friend of ours. And uh, another friend of the podcast, who perhaps uh, ex-friend, actually, who wrote maybe less Owen. Ouch. Uh, these are our friends, people. Uh, we love them. Uh, and they're hilarious. Anyway, let's get into it. Creature Comfort. You got some basic facts, Owen? I got some basic facts. So Creature Comfort released June 16th, 2017. It is four minutes and 43 seconds long, which makes it the fourth longest song on Everything Now. It was co-produced by Jeff Barrow of Portishead and pulp bassist Steve McKay. It has been performed live a stunning 86 times. 86, so that's a real in staple on this basi- tour. Basically, in a, year, a year's time, they've played it 86 times. So that's only three short of Everything Now, how many times it's been played. Hmm. And interestingly enough, it is... 27 more times than the third most played song from Everything Now, which is Electric Blue. Hmm. So obviously... Well, I mean, because Electric Blue came out later, though. Yeah, yeah. But But still. Still. They like to play this song live. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's definitely been a staple of the tour. You know some songs... Oh, definitely. Like Signs of Life isn't played every single... Yeah, especially now. They don't really play it as much anymore. Yeah. But Creature Comfort, that keeps them coming back. Mm-hmm. So it was most recently played three days ago, so yep. that, April 28th, 2018, and that was in Paris. And Paris is kind of like the closing of this part of the leg of the European tour or something, right? Like It's like they're taking a little month-long break now. Yeah, and it was live-streamed. Did you watch that, Owen? I, I couldn't. I wasn't. Where was I? I was somewhere. I couldn't live-stream. Uh, you were at practice, I think. Yeah. O- Owen's a varsity athlete. Um, yeah, I did. It was pretty cool. I was hoping they'd bring out more deep cuts like they've been doing. They've been playing Antichrist and, and some other ones like that, but uh, but they didn't. But it was still good. It was still it was like the same sort of set that we saw, which uh, we saw this song. We both saw this song in Vancouver when we saw them. And, uh, yeah, neat. 
I, I like the live version. <laughs> Me too. I <laughs> I like the the slow build up they have, you know, like the dun 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 before they bring in the drums. Yeah. Um in general, what what do you think musically? You want are we going to talk about that now? Oh, I mean we can whenever. Okay, well like this is like the part where I think it's very I kind of like want to do a slow burn into this one because okay. I'm I, I, sneak alert. I'm not going to give this song the highest rating, but okay. I was going to do a little okay. like build into it because I didn't want to just diss the song off the start. What I would say musically is I'd say it's very catchy. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like it's an earworm and a half musically. It's like lots of synth. It like really represents the new direction they went. And but overall musically, it's I don't really. It's not for me. It's. Know. It's not like the Arcade Fire sound we're used to, like we even see on Everything Now the Song or We Don't Deserve Love or To Some Extent Put Your Money on Me. Uh, yeah, and because ha- I think a big thing is that it has the drum machine sounding sound, which, uh, I mean, because they used, I mean, like they used drum machines on some of the demos and then Jeremy emulated that sound. Yeah. See, like my my... My thing is like it's like we're really just starting off. Thinking, I think wow, they hate everything now. They ripped on chemistry, and now at the very start of the episode, they can't even wait to get into the lyrics before they start ripping on it. I don't, I'm not ripping okay, yeah, on sorry. it. Sorry, my my biggest Owen is ripping. My on biggest it. my biggest problem with the song is it just feels like Wynn's yelling at me the entire time. It's not. Like it doesn't mm. feel like he's singing. I mean, it feels like he's like some boys hate themselves. Just, it's just like, wait. He's just like yelling at you, and like I, I think like it fits the song and like without the point of the song. But for like, it's not like easy, it's not easy listening. That's for sure. <laughs> Which is the only kind of music I like. I mean, the yells on. Anyway, yeah. Um, I talk about the yelling later on in more context. But uh, yeah, as part of the promo for this one, they released creature comfort cereal boxes at several locations in Dublin. And hey. If someone out there, one of our fans, if you got hands on one of these cereal boxes, what, what did it taste like? What was it like? Well, what cereal would you compare it to? On the ingredients, it says it's Ritalin lace. Yeah, <laughs> and it's banned in North America. Yeah. But that's that's just some classic comedy. We, we like to give our kids Ritalin in pill form, not cereal form. <laughs> yeah, in North America. What what do you think it tasted like? Oh, no, Lucky Charms. Oh, that's what I, I like. <laughs> exactly, Lucky Charms, but with mostly marshmallows. Yeah, isn't... Isn't Lucky Charms basically all marshmallows? I don't know. I haven't I, had Lucky Charms a lot. Uh, I think it's... Do you think there's some cereal portion to it? Like of like Lucky a, Charms? Yeah, I mean, like, more like there's, like, like some Cheerio-type, like, texture? No, it's the little... Or is it just uh, all... I thought it was all marshmallow. Oh, no. It, it, no, it's got, like, yeah, Cheerios kind of texture. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I... That's what I. But I know Lucky Charms is, like, 75% cereal, 25% marshmallows. I imagine this one to be much more marshmallows. Uh, um, yeah, that's all the facts I have. Yeah, I don't know. So, but as we kind of talk about this, interestingly enough, on the radio play, both in Canada and Britain, it's actually been censored. So they, oh, yeah. they have a radio version of the song. And I'd say, uh, like, we can talk about the, the, the ethics behind it, the philosophy, right? Because, like, the, I would say this is, it is an anti, anti-suicide song, and there's a message behind mm-hmm. it. It's very kind of, like, not political, but very, like, I'd, I'd say almost advocate style, and th- does it does it lose its meaning through censorship, or it's like it's so the words specifically that are censored are suicide, dying, pills, and cut. And well, before we get into that, I was just going to say we want to yeah. put out a, a trigger warning. The trigger warning: 
Like on Afterlife, today we're going to be talking about suicide and self-harm and a lot of negative mental health issues. And it's basically for the whole song. So if you want to skip past that and just hear our rating, skip to... 3618. But if not, here we go. Back to you, Owen. Yeah, so... um. All these all these words are all bleeped out, right? So I, I think it's not even my problem with it is I don't think it's done artistically well. What they do is they just add like a high pitched kind of um, synth sound, basically, right? I don't think that's them though. Well, I, I think yeah, that's yeah. just like the radio just bleeps it out. Like they didn't yeah. do another recording of it. Yeah, it's just. I mean, the same way yeah. like with everything now. There's no clean version. It'd be like till every room in my house is full of blank. I didn't leave. I couldn't live without. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're more just in general accustomed to like, oh yeah, like if it's a swear word, you kind of get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But something now where like obviously if they said pills in a different context, then you would allow- be allowed to say pills. But since it's yeah. in this context, you're not allowed to say it. Yeah, pills is a. It is strange, but I mean I understand. I don't yeah. disagree with it, but yeah, it does take away from the. The song's meaning, but uh, like if you've only ever heard that version, but uh, one one, I don't know. The, one other interesting thing is I've seen I've, I I I looked this up and I was looking at news articles. The one done by like Global, which is one of the big news companies in Canada, mm-hmm. and they spoke and Pitchfork as well. Both specifically said that they contacted the band and were not able to get any reply on this topic, which means it's, it's interesting because I want to know the band's take on it being censored. Like the. the on the song in general or on it being censored? On it being censored. No, sorry. Not what you want, but oh. what they contacted them about. Yeah, what, the, what Pitchfork and Global both contacted them specifically about the censoring of the mm. song. No, oh, well, so. I, have a, I, I have my own opinion on that, which we can get into later. Okay. Uh, but yeah, lyrics? Yeah, let's, let's jump in. Okay. Some boys hate themselves, spend their lives resenting their fathers. Some girls hate their bodies, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback, saying, God, make me famous. And if you can't, just make it painless. Just make it painless. What do you think? Um, my thing is, like, so one thing that runs through this entire song is wait for the feedback. It will stand, it's stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. And that suggests that, like, you're in this room alone. It's just you and your mirror. And you. it's, like, self-scrutiny. And, like, it's every... It's just you in the mirror, but yet you're looking for feedback. You're looking for like looking at yourself and it's it's not not but like not looking at yourself in a good way. It's like it's a really scrutiny. It's like ba- bad feedback in the same way like you put a mic up to an amp and it's like that sort of like screeching feedback in my mind. And then when we talk about saying God just uh, make me famous and if you can't just make it painless, kind of like to me it makes it's a sense of like lack lack of control over your life. It's um as if, yeah, it's as if you're saying, like, if if a god, if an, a bigger being than me can't make my life feel like there's less pain in it than there is, then I just want, want it to be painless. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the character doesn't have control of their life, but that, that's how they see it. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I, I, think, I think, yeah, the character does talk about, like, a female friend, I'd say, who, who is kind of going through this. I think it goes back and forth between, uh, or yeah, I mean, we get to that later when it does go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then also, like, talking about is, like, the idea of, like, being famous and, like, that being an ultimate goal. I was actually, recently, I was watching an interview with Win Butler where he actually talked about... No, Butler? Win. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, the other, the, sorry. The old, clarification. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why. That, I think I was just, I wrote Win Butler in my yeah, notes. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. read it and it's like... <laughs> 
no, sorry, the other <laughs> our Arcade Fire podcast talks about a lot of wins out there, but <laughs> no. The so yeah, interviewing Win, and he uh, he was talking about how when he was initially trying to start a band, he went to New York for a bit and tried to like see who was there and like what the scene was, and he said that everyone there was basically not from New York. There's like no no New York natives there. There's a bunch of people who went to New York to become famous, right? To start a band, and become famous. And he wasn't all about that. He, 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 so that's when he kind of, like, he ended up in Montreal with his friend, like, through various, like, stories. His friend went to Concordia and all that. And, um, but he ended up in Montreal, and he said, like, the people in Montreal, like, they're making music because they love the music. And, like, they weren't making music to become famous because if they wanted to become famous, they'd go to New York. And that's mm. kind of, like, how he liked that scene much better because it's, like, people who enjoy music. So here it's, like, saying, God, make me famous. Is that, like, kind of the same idea of... Um, just like this, when you search for fame, it's like you're not, it's not about the process anymore. It's about the end goal. Yeah, like you're making music to be big, not because you enjoy it or have some sort of artistic vision. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're saying about New York, there's a fantastic book called uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom by Lizzie Goodman. That it's, it's a real big book, but that's what it talks about, the whole New York music scene in the 20, sorry, in the aughts the the 2000s oh. um and it's great like it talks about all of that like the everyone moving to new york and well i mean in the beginning because they wanted to make music and then uh and then people came because it was like people were wanted to make music getting famous people then went to new york to get famous um i guess not all of them because they necessarily wanted to be famous but because it's a better scene the same way like Wynn went to montreal because he wanted that scene yeah um which talked about the Montreal scene at the Junos. Yeah, we talked about that before where he was saying that because it was Feist and uh, Godspeed, you Black Emperor, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think musically, this song, the lyrics really flow. Like, even when I was saying it, like, like some boys hate themselves. Spend Even when it, like, breaks off of the, uh, the like, the some girls hate their bodies that kind of sound like the stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback it is it flows so nicely i like that a lot yeah one thing you, you can say about the song is it the the lyrics are very clear it makes you want to listen to every single word and mm-hmm. every single word has a meaning yeah like there's no there's no wasted words yeah um well yeah i, I, I was gonna the spend their lives resenting their fathers that's a pull out your arcade fire lyric bingo card and tick off a box that that's such a like <laughs> I I, don't, I almost feel like it's not a th- I don't want to say throwaway line but that like um or like I see it uh, I okay in this one I no it's not a throwaway line it's why they hate themselves because of the like that no no not I forget I said throwaway line my throwaway line is on everything now when Wynn says the dad dad why are you never around that one just kind of we'll get to that but that's just kind of like they needed a line that rhymes in that one spot but maybe I'm wrong after looking at it more um, never mind. But yeah, at the surface, this song is like you were saying, it's all about self-perception, negative self-perception. And uh, the same sort of things as Antichrist, where these people just want to be famous, uh, the biggest. And, you know, if they can't be famous, then kill them without any pain. Yeah. Want to go into the next one? Yeah, I'll read it out. Assisted suicide. She dreams about dying all the time. She told me she came so close filled up the bathtub, and put on our first record. God, make me famous. If you can't, just make it painless. Just make it painless. Uh, I'll stop here and we'll go into it. Okay. Uh, um, I think this line is probably one of their most taught. 
interesting, like, reviewers love to talk about this line. So the filled out the bathtub and put on our first record. I think it's kind of a misunderstood line because people first hear it and just think, Arcade Fire is so pretentious that when someone's killing themselves, they want to listen to Funeral, right? And I think, like, I think I've seen, I've probably read three different reviews of everything now. And, like, not even just reviews of Creature Comfort, but reviews of the whole album. They specifically pick this line and they say, oh, wow, like, they're so pretentious, right? Yeah. um, uh, One of them says, like, like this may or may not have happened and they may or may not have heard about it but just like saying it just yeah very it just sounds so pretentious mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know I th- but i think it's misunderstood because it's like oh yeah me too m- funeral isn't uh it's not an album like that glorifies death or like that like you'd put on when i think there's like definitely like it's like the the album itself is kind of like mid- misunderstood if you're using it kind of like in that moment i uh, like it's not as a if you're, if you're kind of, like, listening to it not as an uh, emblem of hope, but instead of, like, oh, I'm sad, and, like, this album's sad song. Well, I think that it's more, like, not necessarily, like, the album makes them feel like that, but the album means something to them in the, in the surface-level meaning of the song where it's about someone killing themselves, that it's not, like, it's more like that album means a lot to them in a way that's beyond just what the lyrics mean. Mm-hmm. But... This is so on the nose. Um, I And I think it goes back to the idea of whether everything now as an album is like, yeah, they've kind of fallen off a bit and it's full of surface value throwaway songs that are straightforward and about what they're about. And it doesn't make them bad, but they aren't contributing to some kind of overarching narrative, at least not lyrically, but thematically the way chemistry does. Um, but... Like, yeah, they don't really write songs with direct meanings. Um, And, yeah, so at face value, this song is about suicide. That's undebatable. But I think that beyond the metaphor, beyond, like, the literal meaning, this song is about the band's self-perception and their negative self-perception. And that after Reflector, they were seeing the negative criticism for the first time, and they're thinking, like, who who are they? Are they good? Are they the best, or are they not? And, you know, I, you know that, like, they firmly believe that they are, or at least they thought that they were or are the best. Um, you know, they say that their first three albums are tens and some of the greatest of all times. Like, Wynn has said this, you know, in a very Wynn-like fashion, but he's like, oh, yeah, uh, there's an interview this year about, Uh, album of the year for Grammys and he's like yeah you know in in the suburbs that was the best album of the year but there are other years when yeah Um, and I think with this song they're facing that question of are they done as a band are they going to like very dramatically put in this metaphor stop being a band and I think that what they're saying here with the filling up the bathtub and all that sort of stuff is that they think that what they're doing is causing fans to kill themselves as fans which is like it's a really big metaphor and a really like that's I think even more pretentious like they sure think highly of themselves um and I think to some it may even come across as in poor taste that they're using this metaphor as you know fans no longer listening to them and walking away as fans killing themselves and I think with the fill up the bathtub and put on our first record, it's like I'm walking away from you as a fan 
but I'm going to listen to your first album and, you know, try and find the reasons why I loved you and wanted to, you know, live as a fan and then never listening to you again. And but that's, you know, how ironic and serious they are on this album. I think it's a bit much and maybe even a bit over the line to some people, but I think that that's what they're going for here. Yeah, so like I think like maybe parts of that are a little bit of a stretch with the rest of the song. Like I think it's really on the point with this line. I think like this line is like to say, oh, we're done. Let's like, rest on our laurels and just listen to our first album. Those were the good days. Those are the days where we go to small house shows and have entire audiences just tear us apart with love <laughs> like the idea of um uh, joy division <laughs> yeah just like in a <laughs> different order joy shirt today nice no um yeah just like that idea of like of the band ending and just like resting on what it was before maybe like that would be like the metaphor of that line i don't think i don't think like the rest of the song as much supports the idea of of the fans like not accepting the newer stuff and wanting just the old stuff. I'm not quite sure. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to defend that further as we go into the lyrics, but one thing I'm, I'm saying is like, not every line has a literal connection, but it can, it contributes to the theme and the theme means this. Mm -hmm. Um, so like some of them do, some of them, uh, some of them do have, I think, a more direct correlation like the the one we just said. And there's other ones further on. But I think that overall it's, yeah, like there's this theme they're going for. And some of them mean something exactly and some of them don't. But, yeah. Uh, the chorus? Uh, yeah. Uh, just like, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. It goes on and on. Yeah, go for it. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. On and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. Regine. On and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. Oh, no. <laughs> on and on. I don't know if I want it. On and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. Yeah. Um, I think here, these are the fans in Wynn's voice saying like, oh, we like the old stuff. Oh, we like the new stuff. Oh, we don't know what we like. But we don't know. We don't know what we like, but we know this isn't the old stuff. And we like the old stuff. We want something new, but this isn't it. And I think it like, like uh, with the new Star Wars, where people said that oh, the Force Awakens was too much like a New Hope, and they said the Last Jedi was too different, and so kind of like you know what what do you want? What do we want? And I think that's what Win is saying that the fans are saying that it's like, oh, we like the old stuff. This is too different. Oh, this is too the same. We don't know what we want, but you know this isn't it. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Like. I like I don't know I like Regine's part here it's like I yeah like, yeah I like I like the I like the jump it's a, it's the a, back and forth yeah the back and forth and I I love how serious Regine looks on stage when she's doing this mm -hmm. um, Regine I mean that's, they all have such a strong presence I mean that's what makes them so great on stage mm -hmm. anything else for the chorus no all right. Some girls hate themselves, hide under the covers with sleeping pills, and some girls cut themselves, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. Some boys get regime now. Some boys get too much, too much love, too much touch. Some boys starve themselves, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. Yeah, so I don't think, like in chemistry, that all the lyrics have a direct meaning and metaphor, but the overall theme does. And, uh, but I think that one thing here is that Wynn is saying, like, 
or they're saying that uh, some bands are kind of overrated and they have too much love and too much touch and do they deserve love? Um, yeah. But again, like with the sleeping pills and cut themselves, I think it contributes to people. I th- like, I think it's contributing to people like when it, or they're saying that, um, oh, people are like later on, they're going to talk about uh, the why it's bad to think like this, which I'll get into much more detail later. But it's saying like they're bringing themselves down and away from their great music. Um, and uh, yeah. And I think also just as or as bands that that some of them hate themselves and some of them love themselves too much when they're, you know, just bands and enjoy your music and don't get over that too much. Yeah. I mean, I think when I when I read too much love and too much touch, I think I think it's talking about like pedophilia. <laughs> that's, oh. I mean, like I don't know. That's uh, like when I heard like I like that's you know, oh. these, these are all like right, I think Okay. I, I, yeah, I, thought, I mean like, in the in the in the term in of, the actual meaning, like not the metaphor, but in the reasons why people are feeling like this. Yeah, like cuz okay. like it, 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 it it's all about right all these things that make people like Yeah. sad. Like that's that's what I got from that. But yeah, or are not sad, but they really have a detrimental effect on their mental health. That's what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, no, I okay, I see it. Yeah, um, um, I'll go into the next one. Go for it. Creature comfort makes it painless. Bury me, penniless and nameless. Born in a diamond mind, it's all around you, but you can't see it. Born in a diamond mind, it's all around you, but you can't touch it. Uh, saying God, make me famous. If you can't, just make it painless. Just make it painless. It's not painless. She was a friend of mine, a friend of mine, and we're not nameless. Oh. So to start off with the creature uh, creature comfort makes it painless. This is where creature comforts usually are something like, let's say, ice cream, right? Would that be a creature comfort? Because it's something that you like, and when in times when you're kind of sad or on like a Sunday or something, you want, I want some ice cream. Like that's, a, that's a creature comfort, right? Just like as a general definition. And here, like as we talked about, like the cereal box full of Ritalin, right? I think Creature mm-hmm. Comforts in this song, it's like it's it's like it's it's, it's prescription drug use, and just drugs in general, or just drugs in general, and um, yeah, drugs, just drugs in general. Like that's, but I, my reason for prescription drug use is because I'm thinking like everything now, corporation, like this is what they're selling. They're selling you the ability to feel painless. Mm-hmm. I mean, to live and feel painless at the same time, and like that's yep, like. That, that's classic everything now yeah first, first they make they first they put the band and like they chain them up and make them perform and then they sell these kids all these cereals first they built the road then they built the town and that's why we're still driving around and around in a month of may um <laughs> this is where my mind is when i hear these things i'm just so into month of may mm-hmm. um yeah i the future comforts the physical goods and yeah going into their everything now theme like you were saying where the thing where it's like they sold out and they're a corporation making products and drugs and stuff like you were saying just to make you feel better and they're you know they're pop songs people are calling them or when people say that oh you know pop dance songs that mean nothing on reflector they're like yeah those are the the creature comfort songs Mm -hmm. is what they're saying and not that again like it's in that kind of ironic not that they're actually making creature comfort songs but they're making creature comfort songs as a like in that loop of uh, we're making them 
bad and poppy. Oh, not bad, but making them poppy on purpose, like radio songs. Because I was going to say that um, I think everything now and signs of everything now the song and signs of life are much more radio friendly or put your money on me. But I've never heard any of those on the radio. I've heard always creature comfort so many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not that I dislike that. Um, no, it gets me pretty excited, but, uh, but specifically it's usually alternative radio. Yeah. In, in oh yeah. Canada, I mean, right? It's on, not like, on we're not, we're not, radio. this isn't, yeah. I mean, to be honest, even if I heard chemistry on the radio, I'd be pretty excited and kind of surprised, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I think this is the closest they came to making a pop song on this album. Um, yeah, the creature comforts are the songs that they're making in yeah. their uh, metaphor. Yeah. And, oh yeah, keep going. Then, so Born in the Diamond Mind, it's all around you, but you can't see it. This one's kind of like the, uh, the feel-good line. Or not the feel-good line, it's like the, it's the message line, I'd say. It's almost the advocate line. It's the... There's an inherent good in everyone, but once you spend all your day kind of looking at yourself in the mirror, you, you can't see it. It's, what's the difference is like, but what's the difference between a diamond mine and just an average cage? Or, sorry, cave? Um, is like is the uh, light the diamonds? <laughs> <laughs> is, is is the is the light that you shine in the cave to see the diamonds, right? Because when you're in the dark in the cave, you can't you obviously can't know that there's like inherent wealth around you. So I think that's like that's what this line is like. You're born in a diamond mine, but it's sometimes it's really hard to tell that you're in a diamond mine versus just like a cave. Ah, uh, you're convincing yourself otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Here I go on another tangent and another trigger warning that I'm gonna go. We're gonna go fairly deeper into suicide. And if you're able to handle the uh, handle the other stuff and think you could deal with similar but not deeper than you want to skip just past this verse to 3341 but if not uh here we go so i think that the you were saying earlier that in the suicide metaphor i think this is a huge verse and uh i mean as you know when i've mentioned i think on afterlife maybe before that um i've dealt with extremely low mental health in the past and four years ago i twice attempted to kill myself and from what I thought and from what I had talked about with other people who were in similar circumstances is that you convince yourself that will be painless and nobody will care and nobody will miss you and that you do not matter and you begin to romanticize it a bit and you think of like like troubled artists or whatever like you know Kurt Cobain or Van Gogh or Hemingway or Virginia Woolf and you kind of romanticize it and I think or here the speaker comes in in a reflective voice saying that, like you were saying, it's yelling, and it's not a song about suicide and romanticizing suicide. It is a song against suicide and saying it's not true, there is nothing romantic, and it doesn't mean nothing. You know, I knew them. I cared deeply about them, and they're gone, and it doesn't mean nothing to me that they're gone. So and in, is it, this is like the she was a friend of mine line? Yeah, that she was a friend of mine. I mean, I'm, I'm getting kind of a Jenny was a friend of mine vibe oh, for that. Yeah, but like, Jenny was I a friend of mine with murdered. the killers. Is a, yeah, is, is, is a murdered, yeah. Is murder, but, Very different. Jenny, but, friend, Jenny was a friend of mine is a song by the killers. Um, yeah. In their metaphor, I think they're saying that, you know, they do care when fans leave them. And they may say that they brush off criticism. And they do kind of care. It matters to them. And maybe not what people think about specific aspects of their work, but when people, like, walk away, if their work is so, like, if they think that, oh, we're going to make this music because we want to and because it's what makes us happy, not for fame or anything, like, they're saying that, um, 
because they want to be famous, um, but they don't really care when people leave because they're doing it for themselves. But it's kind of saying, like, you know, we do kind of care, which are going to come back with we don't deserve love later on. But, like, we kind of maybe not we're not doing it for fame, but we do love our fans and are thankful that people listen to us. And when they don't, like, it it might hurt a bit. We do care. It doesn't mean nothing. What do you think? Yeah, so I think, like, Wynn has been really open about how he actually had a history of depression, especially in high school, and how that has actually you know, influenced the I song. I didn't know that. No, so, yeah, there's been a – he's done a – it's been a couple interviews. I think I would, but – It's a couple interviews where he says – I don't know. He says, like – I mean, lots of artists have to have dealt with depression. And yeah. Like, I think he, he cited – I want to say Bob Dylan? I can't remember who he talked sure. about in his interview, but – um. Yes, no, he specifically said, like, you know, that, like, that's one of the influences for the song was actually his own kind of bout with depression. But he says, like, it, I mean, the interviewer was kind of, like, a little weird. But, like, he specifically said, like, oh, are you happy now? Mm. And it's, uh, it's, I guess that's an interesting question, but it's um, hard to answer and very personal. But Yeah, and I think it's also, like, we were, we were saying the other day that, like, they've gotten really good now at dealing with bad interviewers. Not, like, messing with them, but... Saying, like, are you happy now is really not like a – like, if you've been through that sort of stuff, like, it's not like an on or off switch. And I'm yeah. sure Wynn knows that. And so just kind of – like, it really shows when there's not a great interviewer. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, when they're, they're – you're just brushing that off and not answering it makes yeah. uh, makes sense. Yeah. And that, that was basically what he said. He's like, oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> that, that was basically his answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – like, they're not getting mad at interviewers. They're just kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's what I have for this. Do you have anything more? No. You, All right. You can, you can read that on and on now. It goes on and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. On and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. Bracket. Regine. On and on. I don't know what I want. On and on. I don't know if I want it. On and on. I don't know what I want. Well, if you're not sure, better safe than sorry. Da-da. Should just sing all. I'm not. I'm not going to sing all of them. I love to sing, but I'm not going to sing all of them. <laughs> Creature comfort, make it painless. Creature comfort, make it painless. We're the bones under your feet. The white lie of American prosperity. We want to dance, but we can't feel the beat. Um, I'm a. I'm a liar. Don't doubt my sincerity. Just make it painless. Creature comfort, make it painless. Na 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 a lot of na na na's and then, creature comfort, make it painless. What do you think? I think out of the stuff that you've said right now, it's the verse that kind of like I think is the most interesting is where the bones under your feet. And like I think this one, they're also kind of talking about everything now, corporation. It's like the white lie of American prosperity. American mm-hmm. prosperity is that anyone, the American dream is that anyone can move to America and start a company and, and like be own successful. Land and, and yeah, do it, follow you. Anyone can be president. Anyone can be president, right? Like that's like. And, like, what everything now is saying is, like, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's the white lie. It's, like, it's it's a small lie. But the album like, or the song? I th- no, I think in this, like, everything now, the corporation. Like, that's, like, I think, like, that's who's, um, were the bones under your feet. Like, that's, or. Bones, like, you think it's, like, bones, like, the bodies of people who have died under your feet? Or, like. I think, I think like, yeah. That, that's, like, you're built off of the death of others? Or, like bones like like i mean if bones under your feet i feel it could be both good or bad like it yeah. is people who have went before you and put you where you are but yeah like you're saying like it it it's not everyone can be 
president yeah. it's much about where the bones under your feet came from and mm-hmm. your position in life and your privilege and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um yeah i i think in this song i think that the white live american prosperity is kind of like a throwaway line in this like it i don't really connect it to a lot of the other stuff in the song like the, we want to dance but we can't feel the beat i like that you know uh, we lo- we want to like them, but we don't feel their new stuff. But the white live American prosperity, I I mm. see it as a throwaway line. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, so how many? What do you have? I have diamond mines. I have uh, first records. Oh, I like first records. Uh, three point five out of five first records. I like it musically. I like the lyric flowing. I like the vivid imagery. I like the vivid imagery. And at face value for an anti-suicide song, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's a sad song. I think it's uh, this description that I love to say and love when music is uh, defiant hopelessness. That the situation is awful and hopeless and we understand, but it's not painless. They were friends of mine and yelling against that, against the romanticism of suicide and any sort of notion that it doesn't matter that, yeah, defiant against the hopelessness. I think it contributes well to the overall theme of the album. 3.5 out of 5. So here's where I'm going to say, everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. And my opinion is... It's our whole show. It's a 2 out of 5 for me. My reasoning is, some people really love Creature Comfort, and I think that the listeners are going to be like, wow, I mean, I said this before, and they're like, it's like, oh, they're going to rip on everything now. Owen's going to rip on everything now (laughs) the entire time. But... What, for me, it's like musically, it, it feels like Wins just yelling at me. Like I was, I talked about how there's a point behind that, but you don't feel it. I don't. I don't know. It's like ah, and also in interviews, Win talks about how people love it live, and mm. I saw it live, and I think it is better live than it is just like on the radio or just playing, and that's because of the stage presence, around, right? the stage them, presence, yeah. of everyone, right, and and Win, like Win talks a lot about how. He had trouble originally recording music and making it sound like he heard it in his head. Mm. I think for this one to really sound like he heard it in his head, it has to be kind of live because, like, that's what everyone is around you. Mm-hmm. So, like, when just yelling at me, it's just not my thing. And, like, the music, it's it's a very catchy tune. Like, it's like a, like a real earworm that plays over and over and over again. But that's yeah. not for me, that's not necessarily something that's positive for the song. Like, I, I like how – I like the lyrics behind it. I think it's very lyrically charged. I think it makes you really like listen to every last word, but that isn't enough to save the rest of the song for me. So like I just I just listen to it and it doesn't make me want to get up and dance, which I think is kind of the purpose of the song. So it kind of failed there for me. Yeah, but, like their um, dance music, sad lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all I got. Yeah. Next Thanks everyone. Yeah, next week, uh, Crown of Love, uh-huh. our first song, Alpha Funeral, our first song that's actually on funeral not a b-side not a b-side or anything like that so yeah cool join us and uh see if it fades if we let it and crown of love in the month of may two three four see you next week bye